Stop Crying Your Heart Out, Oasis, off their album Heaving Chemistry, 2002. Now, I am a very, very fanatical Oasis fan. I love Oasis, probably my favorite group. Liam Gallagher, who's the lead singer or was the lead singer of the band Oasis, broke up in 2009, unfortunately is touring now solo but cannot hit the notes in this song. I don't think he's attempted this song since 2004. When this song was recorded, his voice was sort of going, it was, on the, it was kind of on the tail end. His voice was changing. He was getting older. If you hear early Oasis stuff, you know, from Definitely Maybe or What's the Story, he had a much younger sounding voice. And as his voice got deeper, he really challenged, it got challenging for him to sing these older songs. He drops the key now. It's definitely not the same, but you know what? Voices change over time, and he had such a unique voice that when your voice changes, you have to modify the way you sing. I don't think he ever modified the way he sung. So when he would sing this song back in 2004, he sounded like Kermit the Frog, as opposed to sounding like the beautiful voice you just heard in the recorded version. But welcome. Welcome. Willkommen. Konnichiwa. That's hello in Japanese. To episode 28 of the KIS Keep It Simple podcast. Today's Wednesday, July 17th, 2019, from a rainy New York City. We are going to be hit this week here in New York by a massive heat wave. I mean, we're talking massive. We're looking at temps well above 100 degrees. I walked out of work today. I think it's in the upper 80s. And it was just a humid storm. It was difficult to breathe. I can't imagine... It's going to be above 100, and then it's going to feel like 110, up to 110. This is not the Sahara. This is New York. It's going to be brutal. It's going to hit Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So what that means is I am indoors Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, I'm indoors Friday no matter what. I got to go to work. But Saturday and Sunday, I am willingly going to be indoors. 110, that's going to be brutal. You see, when it gets that hot, even going to the beach is too difficult because you're sitting in the sun. And when it's 110, it feels like 110 degrees outside, you're roasting after 10 minutes. It's not enjoyable. And even when you go in the water, you're actually still roasting in the water. The UV rays, which we talked about the other day with sunblock, you're still getting roasted. So I'll be staying indoors for the duration of the weekend. You know what's a great thing to do when it's warm out? You go see a movie. You go see a movie. My parents went to go just see the movie yesterday about the Beatles. And I love the Beatles. One of my faves. So I think this weekend we're going to go see yesterday. And I'll give you guys a full movie review breakdown next week after I watch it. But that's a perfect thing to do when it's hot out is go to the movies. And speaking of beautiful, beautiful New York City, who doesn't love just New York City in the summer? But who doesn't love New York City in general? And just living in New York City and having this beautiful sound 24-7, this gorgeous, oh, there it is. It just hits you like a wave. So in New York City, in Manhattan more specifically, it ranks the most expensive place to rent. Now, just, just for a second, think about the sounds you're hearing right now. Visualize. Close your eyes with me. Close your eyes. Visualize these sounds. It's 5 o'clock on the weekend. You're relaxing in your apartment. The sounds of traffic and horns and ho hobos yelling. 
is piercing through the tiny walls of your studio apartment on the third floor in Chinatown. Now open your eyes. The average rent in New York City, in Manhattan, is $4,190 a month. I almost threw up when I read that. Who can afford that? Honestly, who can afford to live in Manhattan? $4,100 a month? You know what your salary must look like if you can afford to pay $4,100 a month in rent? You have to be at least making some quick math in my head. $180,000, $190,000, and that might not even be enough. If you want to do your you know, 25% allocation of living expenses, probably even more than that. You probably even make more than that. Brooklyn came in at fourth with basically $2,900 a month in Brooklyn. And then I realized to myself, I went to school in Hunter, which is in Manhattan, 68th and Lexington Avenue. I commuted every day from Staten Island. There was a point in my life when I really wanted to live in Manhattan. And I wanted to get an apartment or a dorm, and I wanted to experience a city life. I'm at a point now, I'm only 25, where the city makes me nauseous. It's so crowded, it smells, it's so expensive. Taking the subway, I had to take the subway the other day, and it was just, I was sweating by the time I got to my destination. It's just a miserable experience. I think, for me, the city is great if you have a lot of money. If you can afford a very nice place and afford a car to drive you around everywhere, okay. But for the average person, to live in Manhattan is just, it must be exhausting. Oh, the subways are just brutal. You're sitting in a subway station in the summer. If it's, a, if it's 85 degrees outside, it's 95 degrees in the subway station. And then you hit the cool air when you finally get into the subway car. And then it's just like a cool, sticky air. And everyone there is just packed in like sardines and they're sweating and they're, and you, and you got, you're just hearing this all the time. Can't get any silence. When I went to Hunter during college, my favorite place to go was Central Park so I can get rid of all this racket. It was a place I went to sort of just compose myself because the city can get very overwhelming very quickly. And Central Park was the place that I went. I would literally go to school in the city and then go to a park to detach myself from the place I was going to school. I'm at a point in my life now where I just want like a nice house with land in a nice suburban area. I cannot deal with all the people and the noise. It's exhausting. The city's great every once in a while. Go see a Broadway show, go to a nice dinner, walk around Bryant Park, and then go home. But to do it as a sustained living situation, especially when rents are $4,100 a month, $4,200 a month, you know. You know. Curiously enough, Oklahoma City ranks at the top of the most affordable places to live with an average rent of $769 a month, followed by El Paso, Texas at $779 a month. Your California is always very expensive. Uh, San Francisco is above three thousand dollars. L.A. is twenty-five to three thousand dollars. You know, as you get to the middle of the country, obviously, and then especially when you get to kind of the mid, midwest, the mid-east rather. You know, your sort of Detroit, your Illinois, your Michigan's, Kentucky's. You know, you get really more affordable, below a thousand dollars. So, I mean, that seems to be the place to go. You know, really, the coasts in New York City and California are the most expensive. 
Seattle's pretty expensive. And then everywhere else, I'm looking at Nashville, which is a, a great city. I love Nashville. Even Austin. All these Texas cities are in the green range. It basically means 1000 to $1,500 a month. We're at a point right now, guys, where it's no longer where you have to live in New York City or L.A., New York City or San Francisco, New York City or one of the California. You can live in these cities now, Nashville, Austin, Houston. Um, Chicago's always sort of been that way. They're, they're developed. I mean, they're, they're developed. They're really they're hip, hip cities. They have a lot of character and a lot of charm. You don't need to live in some of these big places in order to get a city environment. You know, Oklahoma City's up and coming. I mean, there's a lot of these up and coming cities in the middle of the country and on the, on the south coast, southeast coast that are just as available to you as New York City. So from someone who's lived in New York City all his life, I find it very exhausting. I can never justify a price tag of that high. If you're going to spend that much money renting, you might as well have a mortgage as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? To each their own. People live different lives. That's fine. But I read that and I was just shocked. Shocked. $4,100 a month. Yucky. No. This story is nuts. Okay, so Elon Musk reveals his plan to link your brain to your smartphone. Now, when you read that, you probably get very nervous and think, oh, no, here's the future. There's going to be chips in our brains where we can access the Internet. We don't need phones anymore. We're all gonna, where's the line between person and robot? When do we become an android or a cyborg? But this is a bit different. This is not as crazy as it seems. It's not like normal people, everyday people are going to have this. So his company called Neuralink was started two years ago. And they develop a chip that is implanted in your brain through a drill. And it connects to the complex brain systems, um, nerves, on people who have paralysis, who are paralyzed. And there's about 5.4 million people in the U.S. alone that have paralysis. And what this Neuralink device allows these people to do is if you have a spinal cord injury and they implant this chip inside your brain, you can control your phone um, without the use of, with, this, with just the use rather of your, of your mind, which I first read that, the article headline, and I said, oh God, here we go, we're all going to be robots. But then I read the actual use for it. And this is when human engineering is just miraculous to hear something like this. Now, they've done testing on monkeys and rats. And, of course, if you ask Elon Musk, he says this will be ready for human testing in a year. But we all know Elon Musk likes to talk a lot and doesn't always have the proof to back stuff up. Elon Musk said we're a year away from this. And he said that a monkey, quote, a monkey has been able to control the computer with his brain. And then it's funny, after he said that, the president of his company, Max Hoddick, the president of Neuralink, said, I didn't realize we were running that result today, but there it goes. So not even he knew that they had successfully had a test where a monkey controlled a phone. But I was really curious to find out that this is not the first time a brain implant has been put inside someone with paralysis. In 2006, Matthew Nagel played Pong using only his mind. And that movement, that basic movement of bringing the Pong paddle up and down took him four days to master. So this is not the first time that brain chips have been put in people with paralysis. Apparently, people have been able to move robotic arms, bring objects into focus, although I'm not really sure what that means. But this can be a next step forward in allowing people who have severe paralysis to help lead better lives.
And anything that can help lead a better life through medicine, to me, is a huge win for humanity. So I'd be very curious to see what Elon Musk is doing in, in the future with this specific project. I had no idea this product even existed. So keep an eye out. Neuralink, if you know someone with paralysis, this may be you know, a, very, a very big deal for them. But you know we are a little ways away until it's implemented. But very neat nonetheless. Very neat nonetheless. Netflix. Oh, God. This couldn't come in a really weird, more bizarre timing. So yesterday, I went on this rant about how Netflix has the best shows and is way better than Amazon Prime. And that's the reason why it's so successful. People are stealing its passwords because it's so good. And the shows on there are, are really, you know, a very high quality. Well, today, today, well, you know what? Actually, before I get into this, this specific story, this actually demands, this demands a specific, a specific drop. And this specific drop is one we have not used in a while, but we're going to, we're going to bust this one out here because this could not be more relevant. And unfortunately, it's relevant based on my advice from yesterday. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Market watch. It's not a pyramid scheme. I don't understand how the U.S. economy works. Are you guys going to invest or not? I was a bartender. Now I own a boat. I'm not fucking leaving. I declare bankruptcy. Oh, boy. Netflix announced today its quarterly uh, subscription rate. They were planning on adding 5 million new subscribers in the second quarter of 2019. And my God, it didn't even come close. They added only 2.7 million. So just slightly over 50% of what their projections were. And the stock has tanked. It's down 10% today. 10% went from around 363 down to 318. Now, when you hear something like that, you go, oh, God, the world is coming to an end. Or you're a glass half full guy where you say this is the perfect time to buy. But this is not good news for Netflix, especially with the rise of competing streaming services. You do not want to be this off in your projections because what that shows is what this really shows is that you don't know what you're doing to be that wildly off. I mean, to the tune of 50 percent off your subscription plan, your subscription projections show that you don't know what you're doing. And that panics shareholders. And that's why there's been this massive sell-off. And we're seeing a 10% drop in one day, which is a huge drop-off. Now, the stock is still very expensive at $318, way above the price range I am going to buy any stock for. Although, God, it could be even worse. You could be buying Amazon stock at two grand right now. But this just shows you that these companies are becoming more competitive now. It's not just the major three anymore. You're going to start seeing more streaming services. And one thing I read that I knew was coming. I knew it was coming. The good news they're saying so far is that ads will not be coming to Netflix at least in the next quarter. But you have to realize, everybody, and this is what I talked about a couple podcasts ago with streaming services, the second they bring ads to streaming, the one thing we love Netflix for and Hulu is that there's no ads. I can go ahead and watch 18 episodes of Friends in a Row and not have to see an ad. Because even YouTube now has become exhausting with all of the ads. But once these streaming services start including ads, everything goes downhill. Now you just have a digital version of cable. And that's my biggest fear because ads ruin everything. And they're already talking about adding ads, but they're saying it's not going to happen yet. And to make things even crazier, Netflix thinks it will add 7 million subscribers in the third quarter. 
So they're that wildly off. They added 2.7 in the second quarter. You think you're going to add 7 million? You're going to triple the amount you just added in the second quarter? I don't know where that's coming from. There could be a huge drop from Netflix coming in the third quarter if they don't meet these projections. Because now that you're seeing your companies, third-party companies, Fox and Disney, start to pull their stuff from Netflix and bring it to their own streaming services, Netflix is no longer and Hulu are no longer the big players in the game here. And this is the future. And with Netflix losing Friends and The Office, oh boy, it could be an interesting time for the Netflix stock. A very, very interesting time for the Netflix stock. I'd be nervous if I was a Netflix, if I was a Netflix holder. I'd be very, very nervous because this is uncharted territory now for Netflix. I'm telling you right now, once they bring ads, it's all downhill. I'm just go back to cable. I can't watch cable right now because of the commercials. How can you watch a movie that's two hours long and have 45 minutes of commercials? I don't know how you do it. They play the Shawshank Redemption on TV. It's a two-hour movie. It's a three-and-a-half-hour ordeal. I don't know how people do it. It's so... It ruins the immersion of any film you watch to have commercials in the middle. And the commercials go on for ages. And you know, one thing that's always got me, too. It's not like these commercials are good. They say, you know, the Super Bowl has the best commercials ever. Well, why can't all the commercials be like that? Why aren't advertising firms aiming to have great commercials run year-round? Why is it that it's one time a year that they decide to get creative at their marketing departments? I never understood that. Watching commercials is painful. And the worst type of commercials are car commercials. I can't stand car commercials. Especially the ones now where it's like, you know, do you think this is a Chevy or a Ford? And then they go, psych, it's not a Chevy or a Ford. It's a Ram. Oh, my God. Like, it's not staged. I love when they bring people to a big, to a big warehouse and have five cars under a big drape. And then people look incredibly amazed when they pull out a Chevy Malibu. Oh my God, that's a Chevy? I thought this car was worth $75,000. This is an Alexis? Oh my God, Becky. It's incredible. This Malibu. It's so scripted. And every other car commercial is, is, is that. That's a new format now. Even Geico's commercials aren't good anymore. Bring back the Caveman. One of the Caveman commercials back. I'm sick of the Gecko. Go away. But yeah, bad news for Netflix. Not good. Not good. And lastly, there's big privacy concerns over the viral photo app that everyone is using right now to make themselves look like they're 80. It's incredible. In the course of one day, everyone was obsessed with Area 51, has now moved on to taking a picture of themselves and making themselves look like they're 85 years old. It just shows you the power and the stupidity of the internet. The application face app is now blowing up because people are using it to make themselves look elderly. And if you didn't know, face app is actually a Russian run photo editing application, which is hilarious to me because everyone is going crazy about Russia interfering in our elections. And we're willingly giving a Russian company all of our pictures. And according to the Russian company's license agreement, they may do with their pictures with what they please. So the second you upload your picture to this site, they can do whatever they want with it. It's just, it's, we have such selective outrage and like selective amnesia when it comes to this stuff. Everyone's up in arms about Russia interfering with our election, but they'll willingly give their personal information, literally their face to Russia. But essentially what this article is saying is that if you've downloaded it and you've used it, it's not the end of the world. But if you haven't downloaded it, don't. Because apparently there's a lot of photo app sites that are like this that, that can use your, your picture for 
whatever they use your picture for advertising purposes, I have no idea. But it's kind of interesting because apps like these, especially Snapchat, has a very hard time keeping users. And they only get users, according to this article, when they introduce a new borderline offensive feature. When it introduced its gender swap filter, daily download shot up from 600,000 to 1 to 2 million. Now, I'm going to be honest. I was a big user. I don't have Snapchat. But when that filter came out, you best believe I was making myself like a girl. And I'm going to be honest with you, and my friends will attest to this, I was a pretty damn hot girl. I would have swiped right. Is it white, right or left? I don't know. I've never been on Tinder. But I would have swiped the way you swipe if someone looks attractive. That's the way I would have swiped. I look pretty good. I think it's hilarious now when you see fake Tinder profiles of men that have the women filter on and guys are hitting them up because they think they're women. This is when things get scary because now you're blurring the line between reality and fantasy. And this is the future. Robots, cyborgs, human-animal hybrids. Right, Alex Jones? Human-animal hybrids. This is the future of our country. Alex knew it. What do I do, Lord? Destroy the child. Corrupt them all. This is their plan, people. These are He demons. knew it all along. Just Alex like the Bible Jones says, called it's it. basically an intergalactic invasion into this space it through is. people. I, I, I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said. Basically it's what said. they warned of. It's what we're dealing with. Exactly. They're demons. They're f- Alex, are we at war right now with robots? There's armies. We're fighting a pedophile conspiracy. Oh, a pedophile but conspiracy. That, it's a vampire conspiracy. And yep. they are That's it. interdimensionally sucking the essence of our youth. Right. And they believe they're possessed by an off-world entity. Yep. That's if you're what, a new listener, just type in Pentagon-tested gay bomb ga- on Yes, Iraq. that's what they're they doing now. No, they didn't consider that's using what it. They're they've doing. used it on our trips. In Vietnam, they'd spray PCP the on the trips. Yep. Jacob's Ladder. They're blowing the line. Russia's hacking us. Some we have gay bombs, horse tranquilizers. This is getting scary now. Your brain permanently. Is that right, Alex? Brain chips in the trips. Ah, they get the see, trips. he's talking about Special it, man. Special vaccines that are really nanotech that already re-engineer their brains. Ah, interesting. Yeah, there it is, the gay bomb. So Elon Musk is actually planting interdimensional I mean, chips into our what brains. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. Oh, God, Alex. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. Okay, good. I'm not even good. getting into it, quite frankly. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. You think I... Why like are you so upset, plants, Alex? I'm not here bashing why you, what, like what, gay people. Why are you so upset? I don't upset? like them oh. putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Oh. Do you understand that? Okay, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Okay, <laughs> don't... Pu- oh, I get it, Alex. I get it. I get it. Wow. That was intense. So, you heard it here, folks. Alex Jones says they're putting chemicals in the water and putting nanochips in our heads. So it must be true. Elon Musk is literally going to blur the lines between animal, hybrid, cyborg, human. My God, we're getting so crazy off here. We're getting off topic. I'm over 20 minutes, guys. You know what happens when I get over 20 minutes. Things start to go haywire on the KISS podcast. I think it's time to end it here. Lots of love, guys. Lots of respect. Back tomorrow. Peace. Peace.